0: Good afternoon. This is Claudia Shamba. I'm filling in for Kimberly today. Are you puzzling over the statewide propositions on the midterm election ballot? Well, today on this program, we have Susan Guilford, seasoned league of women voter and president of Orange County Area Chapter, and she's going to cover propositions one, two, three, four, five, six, and ten, measures in which the league has taken a position, breathlessly She'll offer her expertise. So let's get started. Let me introduce her now. Sue Guilford is president of the League of Women Voters of Orange County. Been a member of the league since 2005. She's lived in Orange County since she and this is important, we got to talk about this navigational attributes because it, it helps her do what she does so well. She's lived in Orange County since she sailed into Dana Point Harbor the morning of July 3rd, 1976. Little little bicentennial going on then. Having crossed from Honolulu, this cruise with her husband set sail from. The from Marina del Rey in April of 73 into the South Pacific, on to New Zealand, before returning to the States. Sue worked in advertising, did the home ownership number, made a family with two sons, and bought another boat. Once again, they sailed into the South Pacific, visiting many of the same islands, then on to Australia, before heading towards the States. Their trip came to an abrupt end near New Caledonia when a rogue wave hit the boat uh, in June 30th, 1989. Four days later, on July 4th, they were rescued by a tanker, deadheading to New Zealand. The boat was taken into New Caledonia, where it was sold, and they flew back to California. Sue became a stay at home mom for their two boys and was immersed in PT and Boy Scouts. God, I wonder what she taught them. So she was uh, then, she also regularly attended school board meetings, and after raising her brood she embarked on another career this time as a bookkeeper for a law firm started by her husband and three friends. She's with us today navigating the turbulence of statewide propositions the ones which the California League of Women Voters have taken yes no positions on and I'll repeat they are namely numbers one, two, three, four five six and ten she comes to us today from orange welcome to real people of orange county susan Guilford.
1: thank you claudia i should explain that the league only takes positions on issues where we have studied the subject at hand and have a position because there are certain things we've never studied and so we do not take a position on those measures The first one we are supporting is Prop 1, which is a veterans and affordable housing bond. As you know... We have a critical problem with affordable housing here in California and the whole country. It's really a life-and-death consequence, can have life-and-death consequences for uh, people, particularly people with low incomes. Housing instability has been linked to public health crises, food insecurity, and developmental problems in children. It would build and preserve affordable homes, including supportive housing for veterans, working families, people with disabilities and Californians express, experiencing homelessness and others struggling to find a place to call home, it would authorize $4 billion in general obligation bonds. General obligation bonds are paid out of the general fund, uh, and they, these bonds would be used to support affordable housing programs. So this is something that we just feel is really important for California and for the the many homeless we have. We have about a quarter of the homeless in the whole country. So it's a significant number, and I know that here in Orange County, we're very aware of it.
0: So we're hearing in, with every new day that an increasing larger proportion of the household income is going toward housing, some people upward of 90%. It's just uh, so i it's dawning and i I think structurally that's going on the um, it's only ratcheting upward so when you hear in debates though sue what are when people say this is going to put a crimper on new construction, what does the
1: league talk about? I don't know why that would put a crimp on 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 new construction, because the point of this is to provide some funding to help build more housing for low-income residents. You know, it's actually cheaper to help people with housing than to have them live on the streets.
0: Right, right. And we, we've we've covered that with some of the the poverty campaigns on uh, some other of the programs here at KUCI, and that's it's seeping into the general media coverage that it's a it is a better investment than. Uh, emergency services for individuals that are not housed. So but it is coming in the discourse that the that builders and landlords are will not will not play that reindeer game if it means there's a cap on what it, rent they can collect on new dwelling units that they can actually throw.
1: landlords are not our are not prohibited from earning, you know, earning a rate of a decent rate of return or a rate of return on their investments. There's actually laws in place to protect that.
0: Okay. Okay. So that is proposition 1, and then what about proposition 2, the homeless housing bond?
1: Right. That's a that's another bond and that actually is is kind of interesting. You know, about a quarter I mentioned that about a quarter of the nation's homeless live in California and a significant percentage of them have mental health issues. Back in 2004, we passed Prop 63. It's called the millionaire's tax, and it raises money to fund mental health services. If passed, the unspent money on Prop 63 could be used to provide permanent supportive housing for people who need mental health services and are either homeless or in danger of becoming homeless. So that's what Prop 2 is about. And we, again, we do support that because we feel that's, that's important. Uh, uh, People, homeless, uh, mentally ill people can be a particular drain on our economy when they are not housed because they cycle in and out of either prisons and prisons and or uh, emergency rooms. And that gets very expensive.
0: So does the League talk about combining Props 1 and 2 as a sort of like a public policy shared goal?
1: You know, the policies that that allow us to support these two may be the same, but we have to address each one as it appears on the ballot. Right. Right. Okay. Okay.
0: Anything to add to either one before we move on to Mr. Three? Well, the
1: one thing I would comment, I like to always look and see who is supporting these things. Always. And the same cast of characters is supporting both of these measures. Uh, The top, there's about a little over 4 million, almost 5 million, put up in uh, in support, no, a little over 4 million in support of each one, and it's pretty much, as I said, the same cast of characters headed by Chain Zuckerberg Advocacy, KP Financial Services, Housing California, a number of groups that are interested in the issues of uh, affordable housing and housing for mentally ill people. So... I've, I always find the money supporting these things to be very interesting. Always. Enlightening.
0: Then we have quite the package in Proposition 3, the water bond, and you want to tell us of what the League has done. And actually, before we go deep into Proposition 3, I wanted... First, earlier to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit more about the process. There's there's chapters all over the state, and how do you arrive? You it's say you you study up and then you make a position, but there's there's a little bit more to say about the process with the league, so with, people there can is. understand the heft of, of your positions.
1: Yeah, first of all, over the years, league has studied a lot of different subjects, and you can actually go to our League of Women Voters California website and look up. Uh, what it's right on the it's right on the website, and you can find all of our positions, and they're grouped by general subject areas, so that you can see where, what our established positions are. And uh, I'm just looking up. To, I'm just bringing it up so I can read it. Please read, to, uh, read it to you. But it's our work. Uh, let's see, our work, and then positions. And you can read all of them. There's a big, long list of positions uh, on various subjects. Uh, and they are – it's available for everybody to see. It's government, natural resources, and social policy. So these – and these are – many of these are national policies, and they de- they're developed involving the whole membership across the country. And some of these go back many years. Okay. So we don't just do this every year. Right, right. We may tweak them now and then.
0: Exactly. And I've had other of your colleagues on uh, my own show that I typically have on Tuesdays here at KUCI, and so I get an opportunity with Kimberly giving me uh, today's half hour to, uh, to do this at a different platform at KUCI. So let's talk then about Proposition 3, the water bond.
1: Now, this is a big general obligation bond, $8.9 billion, and we are opposing this. We understand that we have to manage and develop water resources in ways that benefit the environment, and uh, we need environmental focus. That emphasizes conservation and user appropriate high water quality standards. But we don't feel that this bond does what we need. Um, it uh, shifts the cost for the water from the end users to the California taxpayers. It reduces state money available for other critical state programs like education, affordable housing, and health care. And it doesn't provide adequate project oversight and financial accountability. And so we're voting against it.
0: Well, there was also, I attended a water dialogues at the Metropolitan Water District in downtown Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago. And there were, in the dialogues, right, back and forth, there was the concern that some of these costs would have been appropriately covered by federal and state agency programs. It should come from other budgets, not from, you were talking about the end users versus the the taxpayers, but there's also just other agencies, this is their purview to be doing this management
1: on their own And that may be also part of it. You know, the whole water issue in California is really complicated. We made a lot of decisions many years ago before we realized that that drought is a major issue for us. And we... You know, and I I mean, I look around my own neighborhood and there are a lot of people who clearly don't understand.
0: No, it's not settled in that the drought is the sort of pervasive factor, not not an intermittent, but it's it's the mainstay. But my concern with Prop 3 is that. We can't break it down. It's either all or nothing. And I know the leagues must struggle with this, that there's beneficial aspects to this and there are detrimental ones. So how does the the league sort of settle on the no with with weighing in everything?
1: Well, sometimes you have to weigh and look at it and just, just do a chart and figure out whether there's enough good parts of this that you can that you can support. We just felt that I actually didn't do the analysis, but we just felt that it had too many fatal flaws. Okay, this
0: is going to be a tricky one. Well, for those of you who've just tuned in, you're listening to Real People of Orange County. I'm Claudia Shambaugh, filling in this week Kimberly Martin. My guest is Susan Guilford, president of League of Women Voters of Orange County area and League of Women Voters of Orange County, talking about seven of the statewide propositions, the ones upon which the league has taken yes and no positions, namely propositions one, two, three, four, five, six, and ten. We were just talking about, did you have something more to say about the water bond?
1: Actually one other thing there's almost 5 million dollars put up in favor of it. It's the top of the list is California Waterfowl Fowl Association, a couple of several other wildlife organizations and some growers organizations, fruit, rice, pistachios, dairy, orchards, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that there a lot of eyeballs are on the the growers that are involved. They they've been tightly involved with a lot of these and and I guess a lot of Climate activists want to see some of these very conventional infrastructure fixes rethought. And sort of every time we pass a bond, we're sort of getting further and further ground into those conventional practices that are actually that have a a lot of... Uh, carbon footprints to them that yep. are aren't helping us get to the goal of reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So it's sort of that that's the another pernicious part of, of a proposition like three. But it's it's very complicated to exactly. to weigh in. Exactly. So, so proposition four is the children's hospital bond. You've taken a no position. Tell us about that, Sue Guilford.
1: Well, this would you this would. Also, it's a bond measure, $1.5 billion in public general obligation bond money. Much of it would support privately owned, not-for-profit children's hospitals. It would also provide some money for the five UC children's hospitals. Um, we think that we shouldn't be using state funds and having... State taxpayers pay for supporting private facilities, uh, even though it involves children who are severely ill. You know, the bond money would be used for construction, expansion, renovation. There would be a grant process to apply for it. Um, but these capital improvements uh, that are things that these private hospitals could fund through revenues or... Or through capital campaigns, you know, when when a hospital names a, a wing or a building after a donor, uh, that's a uh, that's a capital campaign. And one of the things that really drives home this message is who's donated money to it. Ten point nine million each of those eight hospitals I mentioned has ponied up about, almost one point four million.
0: Wow. Okay. That tell you something? Yeah, <laughs>
1: <It> says <laughs> a lot.
0: And we know there are investment portfolios out there that are just loaded. They're loaded right now. When when money was cheap to borrow, and it still is kind of cheap to borrow, it's going getting more expensive. But but the, it seems like yes, those assets would have been nice, and they could put their names on the, the like you said, the wing. So yeah. it's a yeah. It, there's an equity issue here with the redistribution of wealth. <laughs> and so do I need to ask about how long this bond is to be paid off by
1: in you know let me see if i can find okay. that information well, we'll usually there are 35 or 40 years okay and over the life of the bond it the the payoff costs are roughly it roughly doubles the the amount of the bond in okay. effect okay all
0: right all right then there is the proposition five it's a property tax measure tell us your position on that and well we are
1: urging a no vote and there's one other thing to be really conscious about with this one this is a constitutional amendment anytime you put anything into the constitution it becomes it is very difficult even impossible to change it the california constitution has over 500 amendments And people like to do that because then it won't be changed. But is that a good idea? You really need to think about that. First of all, I think everybody understands how property tax works. You buy a house and your property tax is 1% of the value of your house and it can go up 2% a year. There are three groups of people who can have, who can carry their tax basis with them when they buy a new house. People over 55, people who are disabled, and anybody whose home was damaged in a natural disaster. In, that, in those three cases, if you buy a new home of the same or lesser value, either in your own county or one of the, one of the 11 counties that will accept a transfer, you can keep your low tax rate. This bond, this measure, would change that so that you could buy a house of lesser, same, or greater value. You could move anywhere in California, and you could do it an unlimited number of times. We are opposing this because it would really cause a big drop in income, about a billion a year and it would reduce funds for schools and local services. It would primarily benefit wealthier homeowners. Awesome.
0: Now, so you mentioned homes, but this also affects commercial properties, doesn't it? Oh, no, this is I mean, for you homes. You can't transfer the – oh, right, strictly that. Yep. Because commercial yep. properties aren't – Oh, yeah, in the same position of, of transferring that rate that way. Yep. there It is yep. happening with com- how commercial properties are reorganizing to maintain their tax rate. And that's, that's going to be a different issue, a different proposition that's, on a yeah, different Yeah, that's day. a different
1: issue. Right, right. That's a different issue. Now, a couple, couple of other things I'd like to mention about yes. this. When you put something on the ballot, this is an, initi- an initiative measure, um, a group has to go out and get signatures, and usually they have to pay signature gatherers. This measure has the distinction of being the most expensive in this group, 5.1 million to put it on the ballot. And the money that's put up in support is 13 million to, all by realtor associations, 2.3 million in opposition, mostly by um, labor unions teachers, firefighters, so on.
0: And realtors benefit because this allows them to be, this This increases the number of transactions that they'd be getting commissions on.
1: That's right. Okay. That's exactly right. And there's nothing, you yeah, know, there's nothing to um, suggest that this would help with the housing crisis. No.
0: No, actually it would probably, if if it made it more expensive to try to run a, public school system that would sort of just drive up prices for the household's budget. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it does exactly. it that way. Yeah. Exactly.
0: But the equity is wanting, as you said, it. it uh, there's no cap on what income level of household would be uh, benefiting from moving this lower rate around to different homes around the state.
1: Well, it has never related to income, but right now it's you're allowed one move like this and only in, in a restricted area in a in essence.
0: And this is all over the state you can move it. Move it from <laughs> Right. From Eureka right. to Newport Beach. Nobody asks questions.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's by county.
0: By oh, within a county. Okay.
1: There yeah, you go. but I mean for yeah, you can move it but for example you could you can transfer right now you can transfer it from LA to San Diego. because that, that's one of the eleven counties.
0: Oh, in those se- okay, in the set yeah, well, this is why we yeah. ask you on, you can really make the abstract so much clearer, <laughs> yeah, so, and these are your positions i mean there 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 might be other you know reason- rational positions for something, but this is but you're you're the rock, the bedrock here <laughs> thank and, you and now, so let's go on to. The incendiary proposition gas tax proposition six to repeal the gas tax so yeah you've in this, that is, one. this
1: is one that's getting a lot of attention yes. um, now this is also a constitutional amendment remember what I said about that you really want to watch those in two thousand and seventeen the legislature passed a tax increasing increasing the tax on diesel and gasoline, and also fees for registering your vehicle. It's um, it's raising something over $4 billion this year, and it's going to rise to about $5 billion by 2020. And right now we have about 6,500 6, projects all over the state. In Orange County, it's a little under 300. And they're, you know, highway, they're... St- uh, streets within cities, bridges, all kinds of things. Uh, we think that we're urging a no vote because we think it's a safety issue is the is the big thing. Also, if it goes into the, if it passes and, and then it would become part of the Constitution, it will be very difficult, if not impossible, to raise taxes to help pay for our roads and bridges. And we just think that's really not a good idea.
0: Well, on uh, other radio platforms, right up until this morning, that in the point counterpoint, they're trying to give lip service to the fact that the household budget that takes a hit with the tax, the gas tax increase, we have to factor in what the improved infrastructure does for maintenance of everybody's vehicles.
1: Exactly right.
0: Yep. And so, I mean, that's, it's difficult to get all of that nailed down, but it's sort of, there's, there's moving targets, but the fiscal impacts are, they're intricately arrived at, but those are factors to be considered. Yep. So, yep. <laughs> it, to amend a constitutional amendment, it takes a, a larger percentage of a, a measure, a, a voter approval,
1: correct? Actually, no, what it takes is a two-thirds vote by the legislature, then it goes on the ballot, and the voters have to approve it. and It's fifty percent plus one, but it's a laborious process. And it's any time you have a two-thirds vote, it's real difficult.
0: Right. That's what I mean. In the legislature, that's a that's a heavy lift to get the two-thirds. It's, it's right. a heavy lift now, even with almost a supermajority in the uh, that the Democrats have. They don't have it exactly. Now in the exactly.
1: Yeah, another interesting thing is that there's a coalition of the California Chamber of Commerce and Labor that supports no on six. Okay. Wow that's which is, interesting. Yeah. So what's <laughs> you the You know, chamber they say saying? politics makes interesting bedfellows. Uh, there have been 33 point, almost 7 million, 33.7 million put up on the no. A lot of labor unions, safety people, uh, highway patrol, fire, police, and so on are urging a no vote. The yes is 5.3 million, headed by the California Republican Party, Howard Jarvis, taxpayers, and a number of individual candidates.
0: Well, and I guess, and all of those 501c4s uh, that are loaded with cash that are not fungible. We don't, I mean, we don't know, we, there's no disclosure of those sources. So that $5.3 million could easily open up in the last lapse of oh, this Oh, absolutely, so absolutely. People to, to watch it, yep. look at the fine print. I've been actually looking at some of those flyers that are coming in, and there's all kinds of really interesting organizations that are funding those. Yep. Some we'll never hear of. Right, Sue? We'll never know who they are. Yep. Well, let's wrap up with Proposition 10 to repeal Costa Hawkins. What is going on with that?
1: Okay, Costa Hawkins was a law that was passed that um, barred rent control. There there already had been some rent control in a few places, and this barred any other rent control measures on single-family homes and housing built after February 195. What this would do is it would allow cities and counties municipalities to enact rent control measures it has no effect on existing rent control it does not create rent control it's also unclear whether rent how much rent control will help affording affordable housing but this would simply give local authorities that possibility
0: so that's the hold people uh, accountable for local determination Right to to bring that feature up in this. Right, right. And I guess everything I said about household budgets going toward housing on Proposition 1 and 2, it's sort of, I'm really thinking of Proposition 10 when I bring that up there. And I don't know, sometimes we vote on a principle and we understand that there's some financial complications, some unintended consequences, pernicious effects, but sometimes this kind of a measure, it just... It feels like the right thing to do is to weigh in on principle. Is that what part of the debate was, or was it strictly on the numbers with the league?
1: You know, I think they just felt that local, uh, local entities ought to have that option, ought to have that tool in their bag, in, a, in essence. Now, the, the, the money on this is interesting. Almost $52 million put up by realtors and prop, big property owners on no almost 20 million on the yes side the big player at the top of the list is AIDS Healthcare Foundation well there you go interesting right yeah.
0: well we are yeah. running down on time and that's that's uh, the, the, the the we're being barked down here for uh, for these and all measures for candidates all over the ballot where would you like to direct listeners i have a few uh, Go to, to Voters
1: too. Edge Voters Edge California Okay. Voters and you can edge. look and up your like ballot to... and see all kinds of information.
0: And I want to throw in for everybody to consider downticket.com, and that's to get make sure everybody uses the entire ballot, and uh, also consult with people you trust, people like Sue, people like people in your circle. Well, Sue, Gilford, I want to thank you for taking the time, raising as you have the public discourse, as we continue to engage voters of all ages. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Well, my guest was Sue Guilford talking with us today. She's the president of the League of Women Voters of Orange County area and League of Women Voters of Orange County, talking about seven of the statewide propositions, ones in California that the League of Women Voters have taken their positions on. One, two, three, four, five, six, ten. November 6th. On all your calendars, I hope you've marked it. Get ready, aim, and vote. Kimberly will be right back next week. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Claudia.